So we are finishing up our series on the kingdom, uh, the government of the kingdom. And so some of you guys saw, I sent out and said, if you have any questions, if you have anything like your, I still need clarification, you guys could ask those questions. I got a few questions, but I wanted to quick do an overview because I know some of you work weeks and you're not here and um, you can always listen online, but I wanted to remind you. Uh, so I wanted to have a slide up there to show the different areas, and I just could not, actually don't have one, because every week I'm thinking, should I make a pyramid, should I, should I list it, and I thought, this is not, I couldn't figure out how to do it, and I, during worship, God said, well, my son is the center, and everything comes from him, so God's like, it's more like, so you have Jesus in the center, and then you have elders, and it's like a sunbeam coming off the sun, right, so you have you have Christ in the center, and all of the other parts that are not higher or better or anything. It's just different working parts to come together. And so you have, you know, you have Jesus in the center, and then he has elders who oversee and, and take care of local churches. And then you have the fivefold, which are in local churches, but at, go over regions and, and different things that, that Christ set in. Then you have deacons, you know, as another like beam from there that they assist in the operational parts of the church and really just keep things moving smooth and you have leaders which we have in children's church and people who lead hospitality and and all sorts of things um <clears throat> then we have helps and almost every one of you guys have been there even if you're putting away chairs or you know um, greeting at the door or whatever it is and then we have the soakers and receivers who are just here to get fed or get healed for a season, and that's good too. And we need all of those. Because if you don't have soakers and receivers, pastors have nothing to do. Because <laughs> they, what do pastors like to do? Take care of people, right? So if you never have anyone who, if everyone comes in fully mature in Christ, then we don't have anyone that you care for and you don't grow. So you actually need all of those places, and God knew that. And so that's why he's like, for a kingdom, you know, you can't have a kingdom if you have, no subjects, right? So, it's true. So I just wanted to go over that so that you guys can know, because we're going to do a Q&A today. Um, questions? Thank you. Um, and so if there's a question that you're like, I forgot to ask this, but I really want to know, you can do that too, okay? I'm really quiet today. It's not even the new year. Come on. You know, we're probably, and we're different. We're not like every church. Like, oh, no, we're having the first week of the year next week, and we got to do a prophetic word. And we're like, we just listen to when God has prophetic words. You know, he doesn't have to wait to the first of the year to have some big thing. We got ours weeks ago when God said suddenlies are happening. And we've all, a lot of you have come up in the past six weeks, and suddenlies have happened. I've seen tons of things. I think that's going to continue in our families. And I just, and I think it's going to continue on the generational breaking generational curses. I've seen some of you have been fighting that for years, and this is the season that God is doing that. Amen? I think I think a lot of you, just hearing your guys' stories and talking to you, you know, whether I've heard it from Sarah talking to you guys or me talking to you, a lot of you guys are dealing with family stuff this year, you know, dealing with the, the, the things that family have brought for generations, and you're mm -hmm. like, I don't want this for my family anymore. Yep. We've dealt with that in our life, you know. We've got relatives that we don't have contact with, not because we haven't chose that, because they've chose that, but they've chosen that because we've said we're not going to follow in the same footsteps as my family. We're not family allowing didn't. the enemy having even yeah. an ounce of space. Yeah. And when he does, we're going to come to repentance real quick. Yeah. 
that, that's the biggest thing is just come to repentance quickly because then it opens up and you can hear from the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Yeah, and I want to encourage you in this. It's hard to do that. It's hard to make those boundaries in areas that boundaries haven't been, but do it because when you do it, it will be healthy. It will give it you will, It will give you life to your immediate family, to your wife, your kids, your husband. But what it will do is it draws a line in the sand that says, this is the stand we take for our family and our and our generation and our what we're responsible for and we're going to live this way if you want to live this way you're more than welcome to come along with it but if you don't want to live this way don't expect us to live the way you live we're not going to just you know what and it, it, it's just going to be i just think this season's going to be good so we don't have yep. any big prophetic word coming because i think that we live it every day don't we there are times <coughs> when god's like we're moving and doing this but I don't think God is limited to a timeline and a season the way the earth is. No. Right? Come on. So we're, gonna, we're, we're doing whatever he asks us to do. And I think the fivefold is really important because it is, the, and, and having the government understanding that, because there is a shift that is coming on the earth because God does stuff. You'll see in different seasons, you know, there was revival in the early 20s and, and different seasons, God's like, this is what is needed for the people that are born into this generation. And I think that we're going to see that this is needed for the generation that we are living in and we are raising up. Some of you guys are raising up a different generation than what you lived in. <laughs> Amen some to that, right? Some of you were born in the 1900s. Some of you were not born in the 1900s. If you have, that's what, what, that's what Lana says. You were born in the 1900s. I'm like, wow. If you ever get carded, they say, well, I saw a 19, so I knew. I was like, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've never got carded. You know you're I, old. I look and, old. Yeah. I know. I look old. I got pulled over a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you I hand, looked old. That's I hand the guy the license, and he's like, hands, looks at the, the date of birth. He looks at me. He goes, 1980? I'm like, yep, 1980. He goes, like, you look a lot older. He goes, you look a lot older than that. I'm like, yeah. I wanted to say, but at least I have hair <laughs> to him. But, but I he didn't, didn't want to go to jail. Yeah, I didn't want to go to jail. Um, so I didn't. I respectfully said thank you and drove along. But anyway. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. That's what the word of God says. <laughs> Jaden's like, yep, that's right. Come on, come on. Well, he's got to have one or the other. Yeah, I, I said, just don't make me go bald, please. Nobody wants to look at this shining. Some people have, a, you guys rock it. God knew that he I needed that. Yeah. And you needed it probably too. Yeah, um, it was anyway. good. I don't know where we're going. but Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of a free You're beautiful problem. in every way. Yeah. I like, so, I, th anyway. I like that you look older because I look older, and then I don't want to feel like people asking me if you're my dad. That would be weird. Yeah. So yeah. God had to, like, okay. he had to age me, too. <laughs> I don't even know what my face looks like under here anymore. It's been so long, I'm afraid to take it off and be like, oh. When, when Lana was little, she, she was probably, like, eight or something before the first time that he shaved it. He comes out, she's like, I don't like it. You've <laughs> never seen it. Yeah. So he does look a lot younger without it, but um, let's go. So Used to, at least. So we've been talking about that, and I just have some questions. And if there is a question that you're like, I still need clarification on that, ask. It's okay. Like, we're not going to be like, you're out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, not so we, today. <laughs> this is the thing is we want you guys to understand this. This is, is to equip you guys because what this does is, is when you start to understand this, 
it starts to come through you Change into the, the into the family of into your family into the people around you and it helps what it does it assimilates you and then it helps to bring it into alignment because um when we start to understand this and i'll get into it a little bit uh, later on what one of the scriptures i want to talk about but it helps to bring this into alignment so we're all moving in the same direction i think we're all kind of generally in that direction dave and wanda were saying to me a couple weeks ago it's not like earth changing to them because it's just how we've done it for so long and there's you guys are just used to it so it's it's not a revolutionary thing it's just oh this is how we flowed now we're putting a definition to how we flowed yep and and it just what and you know what we want to put the government into our households into our families and things like that so let's let's just get started on some of the questions it says should five-fold ministers have a home church or are they mostly called to only travel <coughs> so actually they should god said don't forsake the assembly he didn't say don't forsake the assembly unless you're in a five-fold position um, he didn't say that so because this is why god's like there's a lot of them that travel like jonathan comes and he travels most of the year but he has a church you know where he lives that 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 support him and that he goes to but why but he travels a lot but he still has a place to land to come because when you don't you lose the ability to have meaningful and accounting accountable relationships yeah. in the body and that's really easy for the enemy to come in and cause pride or, or you can hide things all these things that the enemy's just waiting to have happen so it's actually a protection for you to be part of a body because when the enemy takes you off on the side he's oh you're right they're wrong and we start causing discord and then you don't have relationships so you know what if you are sitting in a fivefold and you have no relationships with anybody all you're doing is dropping seeds never building anything yeah. you're just a seed dropper and, in our and we're called to build yeah. any you know, fivefold is called to build and equip, so you should be doing both. You should be dropping seeds. So if someone's just going around to churches like I'm here to give prophetic words, that's great. You're just dropping seeds, but you never, you never see if any of those come to growth. You never help in the building and construction and equipping, and that is their job. So it's great to drop seeds, but you also need to water and plant and build. Yeah. The the biggest problem is 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 the accountability part in mm -hmm. in our in our modern culture. We've lost the accountability part in church. It, from the leadership all the way till to the person who just attends because it's it, we've changed it from a coming to hear the word of God and to bless God with our praise and worship and to help other people into what can I get out of it and if I don't get what I want out of church I go to the next church until it gives me what I want out of it and the accountability part of it is you are here not just to sit and listen but you're here to, to look at all these other people around you and say how can I be a blessing to them? Where, where can Christ shine through me to the people around me as a body, but also when I go out to the rest of the world? And the accountability part is huge because if we don't have accountability, then we just do whatever we want. Yep. And I like what you said, you know, we need to come together and we need to glorify God. We need to praise him. Yeah. And I think sometimes we come and we're like, I can't wait to hear this or I can't wait to get this. And it's like, we come to get and to give, yep. but we should always start with giving because we can't get anything until we give to the Lord first. Yep. So any of our needs really can't be met outside of that because it says open his gates with thanksgiving. First, you got to thank God, and then you got to praise God. He's like, then that opens the gates for everything that he has for you yep. to flood out. And so we're like, why isn't God moving? Well, have you thanked him? Have you worshipped him? Yep. So in Hebrews 10.25, it says, 
not forgetting to gather as a community. Here we are, we're a community, as some have forgotten, but encourage each other, especially as the day of his return approaches. He's saying, you need to come, you need to encourage each other, you need to be together. You know, we need to like each other, too, a little bit. That helps, doesn't it? So, but that's why it's great to have, you see these traveling ministers and everything like that, and that's great. And you see these people that are fivefold traveling, you know, evangelists and things like that, but they still need to be built up. They still need to have relationship. They're not meant to be outside of the body and, and stand alone. Yeah. They're still meant to be part of a body. So if you're like, I'm following people who are doing that, I would wonder, you know, where are they getting fed? Where are they getting accountable? Where are they getting, you know, um, community that God called us to? Yeah. So it is important to, um, to have both. Yeah. Like if God calls you to regionally and you're supposed to do these things, you go do that. But you should have a place that you can come and you can get rest and you can get fed and, and you can be accountable and you can build community with and not just throw seeds and hope they grow. You're actually throwing them down, planting them, helping them grow and, and equipping. That's because that's a job of a fivefold. Yeah. Um, we've got three pine trees on our deck that I bought from Jared like two years ago. And I've just left them in there and because I'm like, where do I want to plant them? We haven't decided where we want to do. Sarah's like, I want to tear up this, I want to do this. And they're not the size that they should be for a two-year-old pine tree because I've contained them in the big planter. Mm -hmm. And they've got roots, so the root bulb is growing within that, but it's, it's, it's limited to what it can do. And I think the, the biggest thing about accountability is, is this, is when you're not, people, too many people say, oh, I'm accountable to God. Yes, you are. But God has set multiple levels of accountability up in the church for people to be able to do that. That's why we have so many issues. But when you become part of a body of Christ, when you become part of the church, you pull yourself out of that that temporary that that temporary <laughs> container that until you found the place you want to be, you plant your roots down, and then it allows you to the roots to expand and grow. And then you can once your roots get down, then you grow up. And that's that's the biggest problem is is too many people, oh, I'm accountable to God. Yes, but God wants you to be accountable to somebody else. Husbands and wives, we're accountable to each other. You know, we have a lot of conversations where she's like, you're being a jerk. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then she says, I'm being a jerk. And I'm like, yeah, I probably am. And then I have conversations with her. And I'm like, hey, you need to stop that. That's that's not right. Should we, you say you need to stop that, Tibby, though? I don't know. You're being a jerk? I mean, no, no. But I'm just like, her and I have conversations. We're pretty blunt with each other. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to be blunt with me, but when I'm blunt with her, she doesn't like it as much. But anyway, um, so I I'm also blunt with myself. Yeah, you are. I'm very, if you think I'm hard on you with accountability, I'm very yeah. hard on myself. But that's the thing is the accountability part. I'll be the first one to apologize. Yeah, you probably are. But, um, so I don't want to answer to God in rebellion, yeah. but, the account <laughs> but it, it starts in the home. It starts in the home. And if we're not accountable to each other and we're not accountable to God, then where, where are we going? And it, it becomes a, a chaotic mess. And so mm -hmm. we need to have accountability in the church. That's why we've talked about this a million times, why, why we're seeing leadership fall and people, churches going down because alone. men are going and leading a church by themselves and their wife sits off to the side and then somebody comes into the, the pastor's view. He's like, well, hey, they give me more attention. They give me more of this. And there's no accountability. Well, and, and you know, the Bible always mentions you know, wisdom as a woman. So if you're you pastoring me, by yourself, all the time. Yeah. if you're pastoring by yourself without your wife, yeah. or you're leading by yourself, or you're an elder by yourself without your wife, you're missing a lot of wisdom, that doesn't aren't you? This, I'm, I'm saying right now, uh, I can't say 
for sure. It'll never happen, but a majority of the time when we put people into leadership here, it will never be a single person. Unless they're single. Unless they're single. <laughs> and if, but if it's a husband and a You're wife. You're going to marry this person yeah. so you can be a leader. Yeah. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is if they are going into leadership, we're not going to say the husband is leading, the wife has to sit, you sit the home side, and... or the wife is leading, the husband has no part of it. They have to be together. Yeah, you're not going to stay in the, get same in the kitchen mindset, and make me a sandwich. They they're not going to be able to support each other well. And they have to be in the same mindset and the same heart and the same values in order for that to work. Yeah. It's just like a marriage when you're working for her and I, we disagree a lot upon a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stuff we agree upon. Yeah. We're hundred percent different. We agree on the word of God, but we're definitely have different personalities. No. And God thought it was so <laughs> funny to put us together. But we're accountable to each and other. And it also makes us grow. It yeah. really makes you grow a lot because it's like, I don't want to have grace for this person. Yeah. They annoy me. I heard a thing that said, if you're married, the person who annoys you the most and the person you love the most is the same person. <laughs> and I said, that's so true. Because you know what? We're different people. And God's like, you're going to mess you together now. Now you're going to be one. And so it's good because it keeps you accountable. Yeah. Because if we married someone just like us, we'd let ourselves get away with things, wouldn't we? Yeah. We'd let ourselves, oh, that's okay. Don't worry. That's what we would do. Yeah, and so that's what God does with us in covenant relationships, not just yeah. husband and wives, but even in the church, we have covenant relationships. It's like, I love you enough to say no. Yeah. You know, you love your children enough to say, no, you're not going to run in the road. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And that's the way we should be for each other is that we love each other, that we don't want to see someone go to hell. We don't want to see someone, you know, be in rebellion. We, wanna, we don't want to see someone throw their life away, you know, cause pain, cause hurt to others. So. Yeah, and yeah. that's where the mutual submission comes in. There's areas that I know she can lead in, and I trust her, and I just submit to what she, God has given and put in her life because she can do it. And then I know there's ways that she submits to me that I can do better and lead better, and it's just the way it is. But we do but, it because we, we have accountability to each other, and we don't, we don't go, oh, you did this wrong, and now you're blah 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 yeah, whatever like, it's like just, when we do things a lot of times god will give me like a download of everything i'm like oh we're teaching them this we got to do all this and he's like yeah i said but you know the scripture tell me and then he will come in with the word and be like okay we've got this is what god said we have to make sure it goes in his word <coughs> sorry guys. But, you know and it's just really cool how we when we teach together how that happens like you know we get we each get a piece of it so it comes together so all right next one this one is about uh, does a prophet, what does a prophet do to equip the kingdom and not just the saints? So what do they do not just for the single people? All right, so prophets receive and release words. That's their job. Their job is to understand and hear the heart of God and um, receive and release uh, wisdom and words over regions, churches, etc. In, in building a healthy kingdom. So basically what a prophet kind of does is they spare the church and the other fivefold or the elders or apostles, whoever's leading that church, they spare them unnecessary labor and spiritual warfare because they basically see things before it's coming so they can prepare. So I'm going to give you, you guys want a, an example of that? So um, many years ago, before COVID happened, God gave me a dream that we needed to prepare in these seven areas and that if we did we would walk through and grow because god said something was coming there would be seven years of of preparing and then there would be seven years 
where lack would be on the earth in a spiritual manner. And guess what the first year of the lack was? Can you guess? 2020. 2020. <laughs> and so our church, we never lost. We grew. We grew financially. We grew um, in numbers. We grew in people coming into service and knowing their identity. We grew in salvations um, in that time because we spent the seven years doing all the things and everyone was looking at us like, what are you doing? Like, doesn't look like you're growing. It looks like you're shrinking. Why are you doing it this way? Why aren't you doing what everyone else is doing? And so it spared us a lot of pain. You know, every time we went, I mean, it's still, still, I mean, we're going into 2024, and when we meet with leaders, they're like, 2020, COVID just so COVID. Bad. And like, we're it like, was four years ago. Get over it. I'm like, I'm do like, we even talk about that anymore? Like, we never talked about that. I'm like, we don't say the C word. I'm like, y'all should have seen something coming. We didn't know it was coming, but two weeks before, God also gave me a word that God said, a bell is being rung that will not be able to be unrung. You need to put a different sound over it. And the day that COVID, I said, I had this dream. And God spoke this, and we are not going to do what everyone else does. No matter what they say, we're not doing it because God doesn't want it. And we didn't. And, I mean, how many of you guys were blessed in that? Like, your family. I mean, other people are struggling to meet their bills, and all of a sudden our church is growing, and people are getting new jobs and getting blessed. It's like crazy. And so that's what it means why what a prophet in the house or region can do is they see things before it comes so that it takes away some of that um, unnecessary labor that you would have to go through they see those blind spots and if you have a good relationship then your leadership will receive that if you don't have a good relationship they're going to get mad and probably kick you out or, or be you know cause division so you want to have that good relationship make sure if your christ has called you you also have a good relationship with your church you know what i mean i mean that's that's a big big deal so all right Next one. You want me to read it? You want to read it? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Can the fivefold be categorized to know how to recognize certain traits easily to know how to be better equipped? So, what traits would um, you see in fivefold so that people could easily recognize it? So, yes, it can be. So, first you have apostles and prophets. Um, so, things you will see if, you, if you're like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to other churches, I'm going, I'm seeing things in, in the kingdom or in our church. Like, my kids are growing up, I'm watching them. Um, how do I know if, like, they, if I'm supposed to equip them for that? Like, what am, or if I'm supposed to be doing that? So, you, pro, apostles and prophets, they will emphasize on more kingdom of God, um, revival, deliverances, um, spiritual authority. They talk about building and expanding. They're really about the presence. You know, they're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and they're going to they're gonna be loving worship. They're going to be doing all these things. So you're going to see those people. So some of you are like, that's my child. Great. Get them equipped. Get them around people who can teach them that. So you see that a lot in apostles and prophets. Pastors, teachers, they're caring for people. If someone's got, like, if you got a problem and that person always like, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can I do? What can I do for you? They probably have are operating highly in pastors, teachers. They care for people, the wounded, the hurt, the broken, those in need to be discipleship. They want to be your friend. They want to hang out with you. They want to do Bible studies with you. They want to do all of these type of things. They're really program-driven. They're like, come to every Bible study. you got to come, like Revive Connect. They, they probably would be active in that because they care about the people, the re relationships, the connection. Um, they, they're very local. They see the church more like... Uh, like a hospital, 
And when people come in, I want to make them healthy. I want to take care of them. I want to get their needs met. Whereas in Apostles and Prophets, they see it kind of at the church as a military base. We don't need care if you're comfortable. We want you to grow up. We want you to be equipped. We want you to actually have generational kingdom mindset and not just for yourself but your whole family we want you to be ready when the enemy comes you know seeking around like a like a lion ready to devour we want you to be ready and be like oh no you know that's the difference there so you know pastors are like i know they probably that probably hurt your feelings you know give me a hug you touched me Um, more than three seconds I'm married to you. I, I know, can. I know. You can't, John. They have a three second hug. But do you know what I mean? So if there's someone that's always like, you need a hug, just and if you're like, I'm not a hugger, they probably are, and they see that you have that need. So we love that. So if you see someone, okay, someone they gotta fix everything, you're probably dealing with someone who's called to be a pastor, whether they know it or not. They're called to be a shepherd. I gotta fix it. I gotta fix. There's something wrong with you. I gotta fix it now. Maybe like God, you know, also knows how to do that. Um, they want to. They want to do that, and so you can kind of recognize those things easily. Like, oh, that's how God made them. You know, He needs them in the body. And then evangelists, they're kind of like on their own, <laughs> like in their how you would because they're stone collectors. They're just going around, and be like, they're probably inviting everybody to church, everybody to everything. Hey, we're going to this. They're going out. They're telling everyone about Jesus. They're the ones at the grocery store line that you're like, oh, you look like you're having a bad day. You know what? I sometimes have a bad day, but you know what? I have this guy in my life that I talk to. His name is Jesus. Do you know him? If you don't know him, hey, we got to stop putting these groceries on here for a second because, you know, they're the ones that are going to be everywhere, anywhere. They're going to be telling you about Jesus. They're inviting everybody to church. They're like, I got to get my dog saved, even a cat. I don't care. Everybody in my household's being saved. You know, they're like, that's what they, they just want to collect, 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 introduce them to the kingdom, go out, find some more. Okay? So if you have people that just seem like, can they just chill a little bit? They're probably just an evangelist or operating in a lot of evangelistic things. So if those are easier, because some of you guys are thinking, my children drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, if, you're, if you operate more in an apostolic or prophet type of thing, like let's say you're Holy Spirit giftings, I'm not saying fivefold, but let's say you're, you're just really gifted prophetically, <clears throat> or and, and you're like thinking, I got equipped, I'm not dealing with this. You see your child has something going on, you know, and they just need someone to love them and hear them. And you're like, no, we're not allowing that in this household right now. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And they're crying. And, you know, you need a pastor to come and be like, you just need a hug. You know the truth. You just need a moment, right? So, so this way you can kind of recognize in the people around you, like, oh, they need a hug. Or they need, you know, sometimes we do need that, right? Like, get it together, you know? You know better. Pick up your weapon. Keep going. No crying. Wipe your tears. Let's go. And other times you need some, but you need a hug. They were mean to you. I understand. So then evangelists, they just run around like crazy, getting everybody, coming here, introducing you. They're like, I'm not doing the work of making the relationship, but here, see, sit with this pastor. If they bring you in and pass you off to someone, they're probably an evangelist. <laughs> and they're doing it right because you want, you want those pastors, teachers, they really get you grounded in the word. They really care about your personal growth. Yeah. So, you got, got scripture on that. So we already read that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we did. Good. I didn't read that one. That was Hebrews. This oh, is Peter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. All right, First Peter 2, 5. It says, I got the same thing. Oh, I forget yeah. what you do. Not forgetting to gather as a community, as some have forgotten, but encouraging each other, especially as the day of, the, of his return approaches. Are those the same or did I? I think you put them in the same. <laughs> I, think well, I don't I know did. what you did, but anyway. 
Let me I look copy it up. and pasted. Yeah, she copy and pasted. All right, let him look that up because I think it's different. What is it? First Peter 2.5. First Peter 2.5. All, right. All, right. All right, why he's doing that. All right, here we right. go. First Peter 2.5 says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. I'm burning hot now. So living stones, that's what he's talking about, that we are living stones and that evangelists, they're going to go out and get those. So, All right. Here's a fun one. You want me to read it? Yeah, you can find them. Just okay. enjoy it. Too many layers on up here. How do I know if I'm called by Christ to one of the fivefold? So we've talked about characteristics of them, and we've said, Okay, you got to be called by Christ, right? We know this. We got to be called and then acknowledged by others, your your community, people, you know. And then there's still sometimes a time before we are set in. So, how do I know if I'm called by Christ? You know, I wanted to say God is really good at getting across what He wants you to know, isn't He? He uses dreams, he uses visions, angels come down, you know, burning bush. Um, you will know. You will know. If you are called by Christ, you will know. So if you're like, I don't know, then you're probably not called. That It's very simple. You might just be really operating highly in a gift of the Holy Spirit, which is great. There, that's good. We should. We should, we should want that. We should want to operate in all of these areas. But if you're like... I don't know if I'm supposed to be an evangelist. I don't know if I'm called by Christ. How am I supposed to know? You will know. You know, God's not like, oh, I don't know if I should. I don't know if they could listen to me. I don't know if I could just send an angel or give them a dream. You know, God is really good when he said, you know, when he told Moses, he's like, okay, well, you're going to come out in the desert. And then, you know, here's a bush. It's on fire eternally. Like, you know, I'm going to talk to you. Mary, he sent, here's an angel. So he's really good. So if you're not sure, don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing and growing up, you know, hearing about the word of God, getting equipped, whatever it is. Like if you're like, but I just seem like I just, my, my personality seems very pastoral. Then keep taking care of people. Keep giving people the word, right? Whether you're, does it matter if you're fivefold or not? If Christ wants you there, he'll put you there. But we don't want to go before him. Yeah. We don't want to, I mean, we've seen so many churches now because of, people can feel that it's important to start putting the king, like what's happening on the earth in this, this season, this generation. So people, we, we talk to people all the time. We're in these like leader groups and things like that. And they're just setting people into spots because they don't have it in their church. Oh, the, well, you seem like you're the they most just, prophetic. They, they, so they the just prophet. call them a random term, like you the prophet of the like house. I'm like, what, what, whose house? And, and is it God's house? I'm like that. It's a scary thought because what's happening is, is it's, it's kind of the, we've reversed roles now instead of everybody being called pastor now it's like hey we just got to put everybody into this position of if you're leaving some the church kind you have bifold. to be an apostle yeah and, and it's, it's and it's actually not true and what's happening is they're just handing out titles to random people because they one time they prophesied and they got it right so it's like oh you're a prophet that's okay we're just gonna hand that out but it's actually not they're they're actually it, i don't see anywhere in scripture where it calls anybody the prophet of the house because i don't think a prophet is it, a, a prophet can be in a house but i don't think the prophet is of the house he is of God and in a house, but he's not of that house. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I like it's that. probably the best way to say it. And, and that's, you can grow. You could have ten fivefold people in, in a church. 
it doesn't say there's only one in every church either. You know what I mean? Because God chooses that. And that's why it's really important yep. to hear from Christ. And if we don't know how to hear from God, then we need to go back to the basics and be like, <coughs> I need to know how to hear from God yep. if I'm wondering about this. You know, so um, if you're not sure, don't worry about it. Don't try to make it happen. Don't try to um, like produce it. Yeah. Because we want it to be in God's timing because it is weighty and you there's a lot of responsibility to it and and there's a lot of accountability and you don't want to be holding something that you can't hold. Yep. So do you have a question on to that? Sometimes it doesn't. It's like he said, yes, I have given you this vision. I have given you what I see you doing. But let me equip you first. Yeah, that's a good, that, I love that. You know, it's like sometimes what he shows us to do, it's like if somebody wants to be a pastor, well, you don't just jump up there and start preaching. Yep. You have to learn. You have to grow in the word. Yep. I think I think you said a thing you said sometimes God calls you and he puts that but we have to learn seasons cuz the season that we're called might not be the season that we're operating in. I look back and I can even see from as young as 18 months now that I'm sitting in this spot I can go back to 18 months old because I'm getting a lot of my Jordan, they, they close on the house in, in my parents' house. And, and so I've been in there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember 18 months the spot my crib was. And, and one of the first times that I dealt with, you know, supernatural things. And I remember my mom saying, you can't remember that. You were a baby. And I said, I can tell you what was on the wall. I can tell you all of these things. I can tell you the color of the crib sheets, your duvet cover. I can tell you every single thing that was in that room and she's like this is creepy and I said well now I know it's God but I look back and say all the way from there Jeremiah said I knit you together what in your mother's womb I was called in the womb but I could not operate at 18 months right so sometimes when you're called which we are all called from birth he doesn't change when he has us do but we, it's the season, understanding our season of being called or, or our identity does not always come to fruition until a different season. So don't be like, like God wants me to do this. He's like, yes, I do, and it's going to happen. <coughs> Listen for the timing and the season. So, But here's some examples of different ways God calls. So, yeah, oh, you got something thing. else. Yeah, keep going. Um, we talk about, um, I brought this up in one of our discussions that we had with some people, and I said, you know, we talk about Elisha and the axe head floating. You guys read that, remember that story? Mm -hmm. Elisha goes out to chop down some trees to build a house, and the axe head falls off because he borrowed an axe from this kid, borrowed this axe from this guy. The axe head falls off in the water. Elisha goes and, and raises the axe head up, and it floats in the water, and he grabs it out of the water. That's the miracle. But I want you to look at what's, why they're doing, why that miracle happened. And it talks about that they were running out of room in reproducing themselves as a um, making in a prophet school they were raising up prophets 
and they needed a more place for them to stay, so they went out and cut logs and build a house. The whole point behind that is they were making room for more profits to come into, into this focus and for them to be able to create and duplicate themselves. Elijah recreated himself in Elisha, but Elisha took it even farther and created a school of prophets. Basically a whole company of them. Yeah. And so yep. the, the, op, the, the main goal of the fivefold is not only, first of all, is to equip the believers to be able to do the work of the ministry, mm -hmm. but the second part of it is for them to raise up the next generation yep. of prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, to do the work of the ministry that they're not going to be able to see in their 100 years on life or whatever they or are. Or in their region. In their region. They're, raising, they're called to raise up the next generation of mm -hmm. apostolic leaders and prophetic leaders and pastors and teachers to be able to do the work of the ministry to, to fulfill what they may not see come into to, uh, fulfillment. Well, and what you guys, some of you guys don't see is you know, for me, I'm, you know, I go around and I said, I actually, <coughs> we have a lot of children that are called in fivefold in this church right now. And I'm like, well, I can't tell the parents yet because sometimes, and it gets you worried. Instead, you know what we do? Don't screw them we up. We just no. keep equipping them. So some of you right now, you have apostles in your house. You have prophets in your house. You have evangelists in your house and pastors and teachers yep. in your house. You're changing the pants of prophets. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're cooking and you're serving and you're taking care of God's fivefold right now. And that's why I'm like, we need to be equipped because we need to teach. You may have to teach them how to do that. You know, if you if you have an apostle or a prophetic, they're going to deal in deliverance ministry. If your child's dealing, you might have to you might have to teach them how to deal with that, right? Yeah. So we need to be equipped because maybe it's like, well, I'm not really, I don't want, Christ has never called me. I'm not sitting there. Well, maybe Christ hasn't called you to the fivefold, but you might be raising someone who is. So don't be like, well, I don't need to know this. I don't need to have this. You might. <laughs> and it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So, but here's some different ways that um, talking about being called. So, you know, Paul, he heard the voice of God. Acts 9. It says, he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone on him from the heaven. Then he fell to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembled, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's how Paul got commissioned. He got called and commissioned in the same one. I don't want to be commissioned like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you actually are persecuting me. But he, he, that was the voice of the Lord. Yeah. So that's one way. Like, no one can be like, oh, Paul, are you sure? Um, I got knocked down and blinded on the road. I'm pretty sure that, you know, that was Christ. Because that doesn't happen with a normal person. So he knew it was. And then you have Isaiah. Do you want to do Isaiah? Yeah. Um, so this is Isaiah when God calls him, and I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna read it all, but it says, um, so he's having a vision. He has an open vision, and it says, um, there was two wings that covered the feet of the, of the angel that stood before him, and said, "Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory." And the foundations and the thresholds trembled at the voice of Him who called out the of the temple, and was that was filling with smoke. And he said, "Woe!" And this is Isaiah saying, "Woe is me! I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. I live." among people of unclean lips. 
for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me an with a burning coal in his hands, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. He touched my mouth with it and said, listen carefully, this is what, this has touched your lips. Your wickedness, your sin, your injustice, your wrongdoing is taken away and your sin is atoned for and forgiven. And then I heard the voice, the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. That right there, can you imagine waking up from that or coming out of the, an open vision of that? That is insane. Like, but God called him out, made him clean, and then I asked him, who can I send? Yeah. At the same time, kind of with the same way with, with Paul or Saul. He said, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to, to me? And repentance, what do you want me to do? And commissioning. And, but one had a vision, which is like opening up and seeing this happen <coughs> in front of me. And one, it physically happened to their physical body and their audible ears. You know what I mean? So there's different ways God's called. And then there, if you go through the Bible, there's dreams. You know, Mary, angel came, Joseph, angel came. So there's different ways that we hear. So if you're like, I feel like I'm God may be preparing that, then listen well. If you're thinking, that might be me, that might be my children, listen well. Yeah. So... Okay, here's one. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so if you have, so let's say, like, let's say that we had multiple. Let's say two prophets come with a word, and the words conflict. That's what you're asking? Okay, so then I would, so if they are, if someone is a sitting prophet, you would know that you don't bring a word that um, could cause discord. And if that would cause discord, then you probably wouldn't bring that word yet. You would, you, yeah, between, so then basically with them, they would, both of them, if they are sitting prophets, they both should know wisdom that they should be like, Take it to the Holy Spirit. Someone's will is coming through, and we're not going to release it until we hear accurately from God and accurately comes to, what does it say in Ephesians? Till they all come to unity. So if you have people set in in that position, that's usually going to happen naturally in that because they should both be to that spot of wisdom, and, and they should have that knowledge of, like, I shouldn't just give a word if this, per if, if this one disagrees, you know, and we both feel that we're hearing from the Lord, you should have unity on that. Like if one says we're supposed to do this and the other one says that, then someone's will is coming through. And if they're sitting in that spot, like they've went through a lot of training and they've been called, then you should, they definitely should know how to do that. Does and that make and sense? And there's also accountability too. If you're going to give up and well, they get should up, have that accountability up and too. give a word and say this is the direction of the church, you're probably going to speak to the elders before mm -hmm. yeah, you get it. up and say that word. And if there's two people coming to the elders of the church saying, I have a word for the church and this is the direction we should go. And then another person goes, the elders of the church have to go, wait a minute, what is right? What is, what is God actually saying? What, like when the disciples uh, or the apostles were together and they said, do we force circumcision on the Gentiles or do mm -hmm. we not? Like and they're going back and forth. And James stands up and says, this is what we need to do. And then when he spoke, they all said, 
Yes. The Spirit so of the Lord is, fell yeah. on there. So the Spirit of the Lord is with what he said, and we are going to go in that direction. So what things he said. should be conversation. I think that's good, and I think that's a great question. And, and if you're sitting in a church, God's called elders to lead and oversee, and you should still, they should still have respect for each other and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. You know, like I had a, I had a word, and Matt was like, I don't know about that. And I said, can I talk to you about it before I release it? You know what I mean? There are sometimes I even ask him, because it's like out of respect, like I'm hearing this, but I should have accountability too. But most of the time he's like, I've been approved enough with my words that he's like, just go, just do it. But there are times that it's still like I should have that accountability because I could be off on a season or, you know what I mean? And also I don't want to cause discord or separation in the church. So I think that they should be able to come together and know that they need, just like how James they felt the presence of the Holy Spirit fall and that. And then the other thing is they can always concur with the elders. If two people are standing up saying that, I would probably question whether they are in rebellion in their position if they would do that and cause discord openly in the church knowing how it should operate. Yeah. You have a question? Yes, so it's not trying to control people. Is that what you're saying? Like instead, yeah, that's good. But so, before we start, did we get your question answered? Did that? Yep. Yes, does it? Yeah. Because yeah. yep. there, there may be. So op- there's areas yeah. of. Because so, there so, may be op- multiple operating. In a lot of churches, you have multiple operating pastors, shepherds. In, in churches, a lot of times that's what happens because that's what the natural man looks for, somebody who can herd the sheep together quickly and get them together. So there, that happens a lot. And so they're going to have to come to a consensus of the best way to care for the body. It's yeah. the same way with prophetic words, the same way with direction for the, with the apostles, same way with evangelism. What is the best way? And they have to come to a consensus of what is the Spirit saying? How for do we our, align ourselves with what the Spirit yep. is leading us and teaching us to do? And how do I get my will and emotion mm-hmm. out of what I'm saying yeah. in order for it to line up with the Holy Spirit. And, and keeping that accountable to the different, you know, um, leadership in the church, and which then comes to the accountability that you asked John is, if you went, if you grew up in church in the 90s, I was like, you got accountability partner? Tell me all your sins so I can use it against you later. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what accountability was. If you grew up in the, how many of you guys were in the church in the 90s? Especially as Fair. a young person. That kind of, it could get like that. Like, you, you be my accountability, accountability partner, I'll be your accountability. And, you know, and, and that's not what we're talking about. It just, you don't go to them and be like, okay, well, don't let me do this. No, 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 that's the Holy Spirit. Your job is, you know, to crucify your flesh, yep. <laughs> not the person next to you. It's kind of like going on a diet. Like, I'm fat because you let me eat donuts. You put them in your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I you can I'll- say, don't eat that. And then if you say that to your wife, she'd be like, what are you saying? I'm fat. You tell me I can't eat this. I saw you eat that. You know what? Don't be judging me, right? You should know better. If you ain't married yet, you, even if they say, don't let me, I'm going to tell you a story. It doesn't even have, so we had in youth many years you ago. You want to edit this one out. No, no, this isn't about husband's okay. wife. This is okay. funny. Um, I mean, those can be funny, but when you're sitting next to each other, it's like, I don't know if that's funny. Um, but this, so we were in youth and we had this kid and he's like, he was wrestling and he's like, I got to make weight. He's like, he ate some chips. He's like, don't let me eat any more chips. So we're just walking. We're playing. He's just standing there talking, a serious conversation. And he grabs chips. And I just go up to him, and I just slam the chips and fly all over. And I walk away. He's like, why did you just hit me? 
I said, you told me not to let you eat chips. He was like, but I didn't think that you would, like, slap them on you. I said, well, I don't know. It felt like the best thing to do in the moment as an adult and a child. Like, it felt I, good in the moment. I think, um, but I'm you, not going to be, but I'm finished. Yeah. I'm not there all the time, so the accountability, that's not what we're talking about. You know, I'm not going to force that. <coughs> so you can't force someone to do that. So Yeah, that, I think that with the accountability thing we got way out of, the whole purity and accountability thing got way out of control in the 90s and 2000s about everybody needs accountability buddy, and you're going to tell them your deepest, darkest secrets. But what we've Everyone's done is we, we took out personal, um, personal fellowship with the Holy Spirit and allowing mm -hmm. him in self-control oh, I just did it, and now, now I can tell somebody what I did. And then they tell you, oh, don't do that. Okay, I won't. And then you do it again, and you go back and you tell you them. You actually just get better about lying and hiding because yeah. punishment's in there. Because, like, I remember back in the day, it's like, oh, you can't have purple. Like, don't hold hands. It's like, I'm sorry. When you love someone, you're like, I want to just sit next. Yeah, I want to hold your hand. Oh, I like being next to you, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, is there, okay? So, but what you need to do, accountability, is like, can I help you so that you can learn how to handle your sex drive? Yep. So that you can actually be accountable because I'm not with you all the time. And I'm not going to punish you like, oh, you held hands. Now we're gonna, you're going to sit on this side. You're gonna sit. My kids went to this youth thing, and they had a Thanksgiving dinner. And they're like, boys have to sit at this table, and girls have to sit at this table. And I'm like, y'all are weird. <laughs> you're weird. This is not normal. Yeah, like, teaching people how, like for teens, teaching them how to know how they have a, a they, they have a sex drive, how to be accountable to God, and how to teaching them how to self control. To, we don't is. teach that in church anymore. It's just like do whatever you want, and then have accountability person that you say you didn't do it. But it's like I'd be like have some self control. You know, it's <laughs> and, like and there you said accountability, teaching them how to have accountability to God, so that they don't feel like when you say no they're being punished or when they, yep. they, if someone comes up to you and says, I didn't know if you realized, but you're coming off like this or that's, that's not going to work out very well because God's word and you bring it back to God's word because God's word brings freedom. So you're teaching them that I don't want this for you because I want you to do it my way. And this is the way we did it. You're showing them. I want you to be accountable to God's word because it always releases freedom and blessing. So instead of it being punishment and they just get good at lying and hiding about it, they actually get better at repenting. They get better at, you know, asking forgiveness quickly. They ask for help. They want better. They're like, what can I do to change this? So that they actually feel like they can come and get help instead of I have to hide it because my accountability partner is going to, you know, nail me to the wall on this. Um, and because we shouldn't feel that way. If you're struggling, like, man, I just can't stop swearing or today or I'm just having a bad day and it's like oh yeah you're just not as good it's like no oh you know what sometimes when I feel like that you know I know I just need to go and yell into a pillow for five minutes that just help you just get out the flesh so that you can submit to spirit like instead of saying oh you know what we all know what we say yeah, inside and out I think we all what know what we do inside and out to kind of go back to your question a little bit mm -hmm. is in a lot of churches and a lot of homes it's concealment mm -hmm. you don't talk about Things. You don't talk about those things, so you conceal them and you hide them and you don't have those conversations. So there's not a natural conversation that happens for accountability in, in our households. And so when instead of saying I'm dealing with this, they hide it and conceal it because there's punishment involved in it. And churches do that, too. That's why you have a lot of moral failures. You have things like, oh, this is what pastors should look like. This is what leaders should look like. This is what elders should look like. 
we're really bad at concealment. Like even today we had a family argument break out in here while we we're setting chairs up. Um, you know, and we deal with it, <coughs> you know, because that's real life is yeah. I'm not going to conceal it. I'm going to, you know, one of the things I said, I said, don't we go need brawling to, in the streets, please. But one of the things we we're saying. in here and I said, you know, I wasn't really in the argument, but I was kind of like, okay, how do I bring accountability? And I said, I think we need to just stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. How would he want us to, to fix this situation? You know what I mean? And I think that's what accountability is. And then it brings you quickly to repentance, forgiveness. You can get through that. But if we're like, I'm just waiting for you to do something wrong, we're trying to sit, and we come in acting like we're like this perfect family and we never have any issues. We have issues a lot because, you know what? We taught our kids to be powerful and have a voice, and we want them to grow, and, and we want them, you know, we don't want them just to pretend that everything's good all the time because we are not great all the time, you what? know? I said yesterday, I said, I'm getting annoyed. We went shopping um, for stuff for their house, and I was getting annoyed with everybody, and I re I'm getting a headache. I'm like, y'all are just annoying me. Just quit breathing. Quit looking at me. Don't stand next to me. She, she's like, you're in a you're bad mood. You're standing like, too close. In you're in a bad mood. mood. Like, Jordan, you can uh, nod and agree. It's okay. Yeah, I won't yell at you. Um, they win us. And I, and I realized, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I don't really think that everybody is out to get me like every store i'm thinking why are these people standing so freaking close to me what's freaking her, wrong with everybody got, why can't they read a number fine after no that. no I'm and like, then but then i realized I'm, I'm like i had this headache and i'm just and matt's like trying to hold my hand i'm like don't touch me right now like i just want to close my eyes Shh. and so finally it was quiet and i got home and, and i was like holy spirit what is wrong with me and he's like you know you've been having a lot of caffeine the last couple weeks and you haven't had any for two days and i thought my body is responding. <laughs> but do you see how if you stop, do you see how easily it is to begin to judge and think everyone else is out to get you and everything's wrong and, and you start, you know, we're messy too. And maybe God put us as leaders so that we can show you that it doesn't matter. You don't have to have punishment or look perfect that God still is working on us working on you, and that we're here to help each other, to encourage each other, to help each other get set free instead of judge and condemn each other. Does, does that help? Does that help? Does that answer your question? Yeah, because I hate punishment. And if you want anything else on that, read um, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. And love loving, it. Your, and loving your, your kids, kids on, on purpose. purpose. Those yep. both teach you how to get out of that punishment mindset that religion has put in. Religion is a punishment model. Christ is a freedom model. But freedom is messy. <laughs> it's really hot. When you get there, it's, it is very messy. There's that phrase, dangerous freedom. And it is dangerous because it allows you people to do what they anything. want. But if we raise our children and we teach them the right way, while we're learning the right, right way sometimes, it allows them to operate in freedom without having punishment, without having concealment. And it allows them to operate in kingdom mindset and be free at the same time instead of training them to obey, obey, obey. I got people yeah. in my life that are like, I need you to obey me. I need you to obey me. And I'm like, shut your mouth and love your kid. I'm like, quit telling them they need to obey you. Obedience comes out of a love, love relationship. We obey Christ. Why? Or we obey God. Why? Does he tell us to obey? Yes, he tells us to obey, but he's not like, you need to obey me right now. I need you to do what I'm telling you to do. He says, I love you. I sent you my son as a gift. Mm-hmm. Out of that love relationship, we obey him because yeah. he loves us. Yeah. So that's good. All right. All any right. 
I have one, there's one more question and then we'll close up. So unless someone has something that says, so we're talking, why did God create his own government and the kingdom model if we're all his children and he loves us all? So why do we have leadership? Why do we, and so, so it's kind of like parents and children and they have parents and your parents had parents at one point and they have different skills, different experiences, different gifts, different amount of wisdom right? And they teach their children and they pass it on. And so God did kind of the same thing. He, he made us a kingdom, not a corporation. Yeah. Because he loves us and we're family and not co-workers. You're born into a kingdom. You know, some, if you're in a corporation, a lot of times you got to go to college, you got to do all these things first. Nobody likes each other. You know, got to, you have to go there. It's, that's why he said we're a kingdom, not a corporation. I don't remember the scripture right off here. Somebody can remember it, but Jesus says, he doesn't tell his plans to his slaves. He tells his plans to his sons to and daughters. To his sons and daughters. Yep. And that's the, the mentality of this is we are sons and daughters of Christ, every one of us. We are just different ages. And at that point, we become mothers and fathers. Mm -hmm. Mothers and fathers raise up the next generation. And we have to start to become, at some point in our life, we are not going to be the mothers and fathers of this house. We're going to be the grandparents of this house mm -hmm. because there's going to be a diff different generation that's leading mm -hmm. this. We will just have the wisdom to guide them and to help them lead. Yep the same way we do with our, our family. Mm -hmm. So we have to become that mentality of sons and daughters and not servants and slaves. Yep. So that's exactly because we're a family. So every person is equipped differently. Every single one of you is equipped with kingdom mindset, kingdom gifts, kingdom abilities, and every single person is equipped <coughs> differently. Even if you do the exact same thing as someone, you might do it differently. You know what I mean? So we're equipped differently with different abilities, different metrons. Matt said that you guys, he said they don't know what metron is, and I think you're smart in that. Metron means like an area, a region, a type of maybe you're called to education or entertainment, a sphere, maybe. A sphere of influence. So it's basically a metron is like your sphere of influence. So you guys already knew that. So if you didn't like Good job. it. So I said I'm going to use that word because I want to. You use that word, girl. Have the word. So. so. But um, we all have different abilities. There's different characteristics. You know, some of you may have the same ability, but it's your personality that changes how you go about it. Yep. Some of you may be pastoral and you go about it different ways. Some of you may be evangelistic and you go about it different ways. God is just going to, is going to direct you into your influent area. And it could be through technology. It could be through yep. person to person for if you're an evangelist. It's just, it's, it's however he's wired you and you just got to flow with what God is, how God has wired you. Yeah, Cause he's equipped every person. Cause God wants the world. Yep. He wants every generation. He doesn't want anyone to perish. So he needs equippers. He needs caretakers. He needs healers. He needs deliverers. He needs helpers and he needs encouragers. So if he, I, we need encouragers cause I am not an encourager. I'm like, you can do it. Suck it up, Nancy. Let's go. And you know, I'm so like, that's, for, that's me encouraging you to do it. Exactly. And so we need people like that to exactly. encourage. So that's why there's different areas, different levels, because it's needed in the body. First yep. Corinthians 12, 4, it says, The Holy Spirit helps us with different kinds of gifts, but in the same Spirit who gives them, we all have the same Holy Spirit, we serve the Lord in different ways, we all serve the same Lord, we do different kinds of works, but it is the same God who helps us all to work in different ways. So same Holy Spirit, same Lord, same God, that's what we need to focus on. We do it differently, and we need all different areas, because we need order. Order is important. In your household, you need order, right? So how many of you guys have bedtimes for your kids? It's a good thing. How many of you guys have bedtimes for yourselves? Have bedtimes for yourselves, yeah. You know, we need, we need order, not chaos. 
How chaotic if it would, if, would it be if everyone came in next week and said, we're all preaching, and everybody in here started standing up at the same time and started preaching the word? And then next would week we'll anybody... handle snakes. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm how kidding. Chaotic, how chaotic, you know, we have a small kitchen. If everyone said, I want to do hospitality and I'm going to make coffee. If you had 20 people in that kitchen making coffee, you know, they wouldn't be great. I mean, we spilt stuff and there was two of us. We couldn't do very good. I'm like, that's why Michelle does it by herself. <laughs> because we didn't, we struggled. We struggled. She asked me, and I immediately had wisdom on that, and I called Jane. <laughs> see, that's wisdom. But do you see how chaotic it would be? That's why there's all different parts that come together. So that's why it's like there's government, but it doesn't mean it's better or worse. It just means it's part so it all runs smoothly so the kingdom can expand yeah so So. i'll I'll finish with this and it says um ephesians 4 it says he gave some apostles prophets evangelists shepherds and teachers to equip the saints Mm -hmm. for the work of the ministry for building up the body in christ we leave it at that this is the only part of the bible where it talks about unity in the body in Psalms, David talks about how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. This is the only spot in the other spot in the Bible that it talks about unity. It says, to build up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature manhood. What Paul is saying through the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is this is what gets us to unity. When people are built up, they are encouraged, and the fivefold are operating. It doesn't say this anywhere else in the Bible, but it only talks about unity with the fivefold. That the fivefold, until we can attain unity, the fivefold are there to help us attain Mm -hmm. unity in the body of Christ. So we have to stop looking at and say, okay, well, I don't believe in this. I don't don't accept this. This is why the body of Christ is so messed up. Why there's so many denominations fighting against each other. You got sensationists and non-sensationists, and you got people arguing whether God still moves and blah, blah, blah. It's like, get over yourself. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm talking both sides of it. We need mm-hmm. unity in the body for yeah. Christ to come back. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is where it starts, is looking at the fivefold and say, how do we, how do we move Equip. in what God's order and kingdom mentality of the church and his direction of the church is? Until we do that, we will not have unity. You'll have fighting, infight. That's what I love about our church is we don't have this infighting. Yeah. You guys don't get to decide what color the carpet is because we don't have carpet. We um, got carpet, yeah, but yeah. we didn't decide the color. You guys don't get to choose it. <laughs> so, and guess what? Those who wanted gray got it and those who yeah. wanted green. Yep. Wow. So, Unity. But what I'm saying is this, is we don't have that infighting. We don't have sex of families growing together and saying, this is the way our families believe that the church should go, and this is the way that our families believe the church should our go. Our family's been at this church for generations. I'm like, you mean your demons? You mean you want you to mean those same out? demons that went down from generation that want to control and have a spirit of religion and keep it from being unity? Yeah, I already saw those. They, they stopped at the door. We don't let them come in. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, that's true. I mean, there's, there's churches that are full of just demons demonic strongholds from family from family that kept it so but we're close there but i have one more Leave thing it on to light, go. No, no, no. because next week um we have something awesome that we're doing as a church so i would like these two here to stand up for a second so we've talked all about the fivefold 
And next week, John and Donis are being set in as pastor shepherds. <laughs> God called them many years ago. Um, God called them many years ago. Uh, they didn't want to. They didn't want to do what God said because they wanted. They didn't want to. They wanted to know that. They wanted to be right on it. They wanted to know the word. And because you never feel, when you get called, you never feel good enough. Gideon, all of the, no, you never feel good enough to be called into that spot because, because the enemy doesn't want you there. But they are, and when I said, well, just ask God. Quit asking yourself. Quit making reasons. What does God say? And they're like, oh, well, God said yes. I'm like, well, I think you should side with him. Um, <laughs> So, and, and the reason, so next week I really think it's important for our church to be here because this is an opportunity to get to see someone set in into a fivefold as shepherd pastors and what they do. If you've met John and Donis, they affix. If it is broken, they want to fix it. They take care of. I mean, how many of you guys got breakfast this morning? If you come early, they take care of. They want to make sure you're fed. They want to make sure you're taken care of. They watch your kids. They come see you in the hospital. They, they send you cards. They do these things. If you got a card from a... Um, a welcome basket that's john he actually writes the word amazingly a lot of times like if you have a big like if it just is little it's probably from like someone else but john has an awesome amazing gift to to do that and um so they've been pastoring most of their life without that's how you know someone is ready when they aren't looking for that title when you literally have to force the title on them <laughs> And say, can you just stop with your flesh and just let God do what he wants to do because you know what, the church needs it. Yeah. So that's really exciting for you guys and um, for us as a church because we already, almost any of you can probably say, yep, they've done that for me. They've been there. They want to come pray with me. They, they want to do all these things all the time. So that is what's happening with these guys next week. And we just think it's going to be a great time seeing them set in. So be here next week. So you guys can sit down. So be here next week. Bring people. It's going to be a good time. You're going to really know what a pastor is. So if you have all of these emotional issues, <laughs> they can't say no because they become the gift next week. <laughs> you guys got six more days to say no to people. <laughs> and probably <laughs> yeah. so, awesome. So why don't we pray and then we can end. Yeah.